My name is Ana Salas Porras, and I'm from different places. I was raised in Los Angeles. Um, my parents were from El Paso, so we moved back to the border when I was uh, 15, and I spent 30 years on the border living and working, attending school. I went to UT El Paso, um, and so I spent 30 years in El Paso before leaving and working and ultimately ending up here in Austin. I moved here on 9-11, so oh, yes. yeah. I haven't forgotten when I came. So I feel very, very um, close to the border. My great-grandparents fled Mexico during the Mexican Revolution in the early 1900s and came to El Paso to the border because they had relatives there. So I know what immigrants who they are and what their experiences are. Living in the border, working on both sides of the border, doing a lot of volunteer work on both sides of the border, you're in contact with immigrants all the time. So I was especially moved uh, after the El Paso shooting. Um, it's very daunting to realize that people were targeted because of the color of their skin, which is the same color as my skin. I'd never thought of that. And when um, also a distant relative of mine, a distant cousin's wife was killed, she was one of the few Mexican nationals that were there at the Walmart. So when that happened, it wasn't a random event anymore. It touched home and it made me think about who we are in this country, who makes up this country, who are we? Especially right now in this moment where it seems like there is so much division. So I have always thought of, I, I have ever, always thought that the United States was this amazing tapestry. I've never thought of us as a melting pot because the idea of a melting pot is just this glob of indeterminate color that really is not very pretty. So instead, in a long time ago, there's a wonderful educator in El Paso named Rosa Guerrero, who had this idea of our country as a tapestry, and she spread the word through dance, and she's a wonderful dancer and teacher. So this idea of tapestry was in my head after the El Paso shooting, and I feel that the United States is this beautiful tapestry made up of all different colors, different um, materials, thick knotted threads and tiny delicate threads and all woven together. And the beauty of this is that it's constantly changing with each new baby that's born, with each new immigrant that makes their way to the United States. This tapestry is growing and becoming more alive and more beautiful. It's not something that's um, stagnant and it's not something that's hanging in one of our incredible museums. It's something that's part of us that's out there and it's alive and growing. And I, I feel that part of this tapestry is also our languages, all the diverse languages, which um, I, I think we have 345 different languages that are spoken in our country and 170 of them are indigenous languages. So we are this beautiful weaving of all of these things, these languages, our foods. When we think of all the foods in the United States, mm -hmm. it used to be you had to go to a certain part. You had to go to New Orleans to eat gumbo, or you had to go to um, New York City to have certain foods. And now all those foods, Chinese, Spanish, Mexican, French, German, Jewish, all the foods of those 
countries of those people came with them when they immigrated to our country. And now you don't have to go anywhere. In Austin, Texas, you can get any one of those foods because those foods are now our foods. They are part of our country. We also have lots of words that have come from all these foreign languages that have been assimilated into our culture, like patio and glitch. And um, there's so many words now that are part of our culture. And we use them every day without even realizing that they're French or, or German uh, derivation. So all those languages are part of this beautiful tapestry. Another part of it is, I think, all the beautiful natural wonders of our country that are known across, around the world, the icons of uh, the Rocky Mountains, the Mississippi River, the beautiful California coastline, Carlsbad Caverns, all our incredible national parks, Yellowstone, the, the Gulf of Mexico, the Sonoran Desert, all those things people come from outside of our country to see. So I feel like that is part of the tapestry of our country. So I, I really believe that we need to start focusing on, on these things and see the border as um, not something that divides us. And certainly we have to have secure borders and all of that, but the borders have always welcomed people to this country. Um, the greatest icon of all is the Statue of Liberty. And without that symbol, if we're no longer going to honor what that symbol is, then our country is certainly going to take a turn to in another direction. So I feel like politicians need to start thinking about the values that unite us, the values of integrity, honesty, hard work, hope, all of those things that all of our relatives have come with that inspiration and, and came to this country with very little, most of them with very little, and many of them crossing huge oceans, deserts, countries to get here and leaving those countries behind to start a new life in the United States. And so we have a lot to celebrate. There's a lot of good things. And um, so that is what I am focusing on right now is our sameness, not our differences. Because I think if everyone starts thinking about what is the same, what we all share, there's a lot more to talk about than the things that divide us. Another point that I really want, want to make that's kind of apart from this is just the idea of what seeking asylum means. And I, it is bothersome to me that constantly every day you hear in the news that these people, these immigrants that are coming from Central America are coming illegally. And, and I every day make the point that it is not illegal in our country to seek asylum. And... Um, that is a point that I think everyone needs to be aware of, that it is not illegal to seek asylum. And I also want to remind people, when we think of new immigrants that come to our country, many come in and arrive in the United States from terrible, terrible circumstances. Uh, when I was registering voters in 2018, uh, a man asked me, why are these people these parents exposing their children to such dangers and bringing them here. That is just crazy. And I asked him, "What? you're a parent, what would lead you to make that decision? What would be the circumstances have to be? And he said, well, I guess, you know, if there were really bad things happening. And I said, well, 
That is what is driving. People do not leave their homeland. These people are desperate to, to get out of terrible situations, and it's easy to do research and understand what is happening in these Central American con countries with terrible gangs, um, governments that can't resolve the issues. Also, many of these people are really um, seeking asylum because of, what, of climate change. The climate change in their countries has, have caused severe droughts. So people that used to farm before cannot farm anymore and support their families. So then they're forced to go to the cities. But when they go to the cities, they encounter the gang warfare. So then they think, this is the only way to get my children to have a life and a future. So that's what drives people. And when you consider the immigrant experience that most people come come to the United States and are willing and hoping to be able to get a job the next day. And I think very few people understand the, how daunting that is. And I spent 30 years on the border dealing with lots of recent immigrants, people that had unbelievable resolve and courage to do this. And certainly they were all driven. <laughs> Nobody was leaving because the situation at home was good. So I, I think we, I think that's one of our qualities as Americans. We're known around the world as people that are volunteers that give tremendous um, hours, volunteer hours, money to support causes that we believe in. No other country can match the volunteer system in the United States. So we need to recognize what it is that is driving so many people to leave their countries. And that is where the United States needs to spend more time instead of cutting funding to Central America, which is what our, pres our president has done in the last year. That is so short-sighted. These countries need help. And yes, many of these countries are corrupt, but we have the greatest minds in the world in the United States. We could find a way to have effective change happen in these countries. So that's another angle that living on the border gives you this insight about what immigration is and what it isn't. Yes, we have to have secure borders. Yes, we have to have a process, but only allowing the rich and the highly educated to come. My, grand, my great grandparents wouldn't, would, may, not, may not have made that cut. So, um, you know, I know of a family that I just met yesterday from El Salvador, just very dynamic, intelligent people. They don't have college degrees, but they're articulate. They are resolved to make this work, whatever it takes. So we have to look on what immigrants have done in this country. And without them, we would not have a lot of things that exist right now. Um, you know, another aspect, another angle to look at immigration is the fact that our birth rate in the United States is dropping. And if we expect to keep Social Security strong, we do need immigrants right now. We don't have time for a baby to be born and 18 years later enter the workforce. So immigrants have a, we have a need for new people to enter the workforce now, not in, in 20 years. So there's a lot of aspects to um immigration that I don't think people are considering. So I, I constantly want to go back to the good that immigration can bring and how it can strengthen and make this tapestry even more breathtaking yeah. than it is. Anna, you sound like you have a very hopeful 
view of immigration, I think that a lot of people might have fear attached to immigration, especially in a place like Texas where there's a lot of variety of political views. Right, right. Um, what do you say to someone who has that attitude yeah. of fear attached to it? You know, I, I obviously talk to people. I talk to a lot of people, and I'm out registering people to vote and talking about different causes. So I hear that. Um, a few months ago, a man that was working, um, doing some work on the trees on our property was telling me that, that the foreign, the foreigners were, these immigrants were invading our country. And again, it goes back to facts, not fear. And actually, illegal immigration has actually dropped on the, on the Mexican-U.S. border. What has increased are the people seeking asylum. And yes, they are, those numbers are huge for a reason, and we need only to look to their countries to figure out why this is happening. So one thing I always encourage people, and I've been an educator in the past, I'm retired now, mm -hmm. is that we have to look at facts and not just have this gut reaction um, to what is happening. And I invite people and to open-mindedly come and go volunteer at a food pantry, go work on the border, collect clothing for um, new immigrants, many, many churches across the country are doing remarkable work with new immigrants. Um, and many of our new immigrants are legal immigrants. So it's not all about illegal immigration. And right now, illegal immigration is not the, the problem on our border. The problem are asylum seekers. And that is just, I mean, if anyone just would consider and learn about the, what they went through to get here, it's absolutely harrowing. and scary and I don't know if I could do it. Uh, it. It takes a lot of guts and that's one thing that at least needs to be recognized, the efforts that these um, asylum seekers have made to, to get here. So they, if, if you take the time to know these immigrants, these new, um, these asylum seekers, they are mostly people like you and me. They, and mostly, I would say, they are coming with their children because they want their children to have safety and a future. So, Anna, what are some suggestions of what you can do if you want to help asylum seekers or refugees or immigrants? Right, or even if you just want to learn about it, yeah. there are countless organizations across the country, across Texas, and here in Central Texas. So, um, you know, I'm sure you can Google it. There's um, Raices, that's spelled R-A-I-C-E-S, that's a nonprofit group that is doing tremendous work across the state. I think they're just in Texas. Um, there's Caritas, which is spelled C-A-R-I-T-A-S, that has been one of the organizations that has been sponsoring or has been charged by the government to receive immigrants as they come in. Uh, there's also uh, refugee services here in Central Texas. There are countless churches doing work. Um, I volunteer at a food pantry called Micah 6 that's a consortium of 14 different churches in Central Austin. Their, their food pantry is by the university. Uh, so there's no shortage of people. Just Google it and you can find any number of organizations and, and just come and meet some of these people with an open mind and realize 
what some of these people have endured is, uh, I think there are a few of us that could say they could do that. And so what need, what fear, what, you know, resolve brings them here that they could, first of all, take this long and difficult journey with lots of gangs in Mexico who have killed these immigrants that are trying to get here, have, uh, you know, kidnapped them. I mean, there's horror stories that I don't even want to get into, but it's not an easy trip coming. It's very, very difficult um, with lots of obstacles. Uh, so just Google it and you will find lots of opportunities. Just come and uh, with an open mind talk, get to know what some of these people are looking for. And I can say I've probably worked with eight or ten different families, and they came with different levels of education, different um, backgrounds, different work situations, but all of them had children, and all of them had come because of their children. To find, to offer them a safe future, a life with a future. So that that would be, you know, there's lots of places to work with with, uh, with refugees that are here.